Good morning, this is Tim Carter, and welcome to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. With each hour dedicated to a subject, many times with expert guests joining the hosts, Let's Talk can probe deeply into the issues of the week. Let's Talk is hosted by Ron Tolner, John Meehan, and Tim Carter. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Let's Talk on KSIS Radio 1050. We appreciate our listeners this morning and uh, uh, we've got a couple great guests in our in our studios. Um, uh, and the first one I'm going to call to the mic is Joe Close. Uh, Joe Close, uh, most of you know him. He's been around for a real long time in our community. Get careful there, Joe. <laughs> so, Joe, I, I, you know, just so our listeners know a little bit about Joe Close, tell us about you. Well, of course, I uh, was raised here in Pettis County, uh, lived at Green Ridge, um, uh, went to high school there at Green Ridge, graduated from State Fair. Um, then somewhere along the line, I became an insurance agent close to 20 years ago. And um, I live on a farm at Lamont. Uh, my son and I farm okay. together. And I'm a Farm Bureau agent here in Sedalia. Uh, we represent the five companies of Missouri Farm Bureau, uh, and along with uh, probably about 100 other companies. And um, got involved with Crime Stoppers. I don't, it had to be probably around 15 years ago. And it was a fellow that uh, you knew and worked with that came to me and asked me if I would you know, be on Crime Stoppers board and uh, knew nothing about it, knew about it. You know, everybody knows 827 TIPS, you know. There you go. Uh, everybody knows that, but didn't really know what it amounted to. So got involved. Uh, Jack Osborne uh, asked me to be. That's uh, who it was. And uh, have been on the board uh, ever since then. Well, and thank you very much for your service, and thank you for taking the time to be here. I know that uh, you're a busy guy. Uh, you've got insurance to take care of and customers to take care of back at the office. Yeah, we try to, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. But, uh, yeah, and, and I've always enjoyed it. Uh, it's always been interesting, uh, you know, especially working with the Pettis County Sheriff's Department and uh, Sedalia PD throughout the years and all the different people I've worked with on the board, mm -hmm. you know, it's always been interesting. Right. And, and Joe, just for our listeners, uh, and you've let the cat out of the bag here in saying that we're, our show this morning is going to be about Crime Stoppers. That's and, us. And you are serving not just on the board, but you have a position on the board. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it's any kind of an official title or anything. <laughs> I show up for the meetings okay, and, uh, and help with the, you know, the various things, but, uh, yeah, we, we meet uh, once a month and um, have, there's been different uh, board members throughout the years. Uh, like I say, Jack Osborne was on there years ago, and I, I'd forget somebody if I tried to remember all sure, of them, you know, sure. throughout yeah. the years. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the official title is board member. There, okay, all right. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay, we also have in the studios this morning um, uh, Tolly Rowe. And Tolly, you and I had an opportunity to work together when uh, I was down at the courthouse uh, know a little bit about your history, uh, but I'm not so sure our listeners do. So tell us about Tolly Rowe. Okay, well, just like Joe, this is Pettis County's home. I grew up here, uh, graduated Smith-Cotton. I've been with the sheriff's office for wow 19 years now but i've been in law enforcement for 25 full time um just i'm the chief deputy for the sheriff's office on my third sheriff and 
when I'm not at work, I'm with my wife and my two teenagers. Okay, excellent. And so the fact that we've had three sheriffs during your time at the sheriff's office, that doesn't have anything to do with you? No, okay. no, no. I, I, I just, I, I come with the office, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I well, like the furniture. Yeah, and, and, and you know, having the opportunity to have had work with you in the past uh, and seeing how you uh, helped uh, secure our county. I, I want to let our listeners know how excellent of an employee you are and public servant and how you are uh, securing our county for us. And so thank you very much for your service. I appreciate that. I still say that after all these years, I still love, love coming to work. Doesn't mean I want to stay there when I get there, but it's still one of the greatest jobs in the world. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, you're, you have a job that you have to be out on the road occasionally and doing quite a bit of uh, uh, research and uh, trying to solve crimes. Spent 19 years running investigations. There you go. So. There you go. Well, thank you for, for taking you and, and uh, for Sheriff Anders for allowing you to come down here and be on our show this morning. So thank you very much for being here. So let's talk about Crime Stoppers a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, um, I see you've got some statistics or some numbers there in front of you, Joe. So tell us a little bit about Crime Stoppers. Well, like I'm a member of Pettis County Crime Stoppers, and we're go. a local organization. Mm -hmm. um, the organization organization here in Sedalia or Pettis County was started as best I can remember in the mid 1980s. Okay, by a group of people that uh, uh, wanted to help get the community involved in, um, in solving crimes and, and you know, in preventing them. You, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the more crimes you, you solve, I think, the, the more likely you are to prevent something. So the group got together, and there is an international um, uh, Crime Stoppers organization. Uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Crime Stoppers USA, I think okay. is what it is. Mm -hmm. And... Um, over the years, I think we have been part of that. I don't think we are currently part of that. We're our own organization now. And uh, Crime Stoppers uh, USA had kind of an interesting beginning uh, when you do a little bit of research. Um, Crime Stoppers actually was, was first started in uh, 1976 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Of all places, you know, you'd okay. think maybe big city or something like that, but it actually started in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 1976. There was a young man that was fatally shot uh, while he was working at a gas station overnight in Albuquerque. Police had nothing to go on, and after about two weeks of just nothing, there was a lot of pressure on the uh, police department to solve this crime, and they had nothing to go on. So there was... The lead detective, um, guy by the name, I think his name was Greg McAleese, decided to reenact uh, the crime scene. And then, he, and he also talked a local television station into filming it. Okay. I mean, this is 1976. And then he talked him into airing uh, the uh, reenactment, also along with a $1,000 reward from the police department for any information because they had nothing to go on. After the um, uh, thing aired on the local television station there in Albuquerque, about three days later, a guy calls up and says, hey, I don't want to get involved. I don't want my name mentioned. I don't want you to even know who I am. But I saw a car speed away from that crime scene at a high rate of speed. I thought something didn't seem right. And by the way, I have the license plate number. Oh, goodness. Of that car. 
um, they solved a crime in about two days. Excellent. After that. So um, Detective McAleese thought, you know, there's something here that we need to act on. And he actually started the first Crime Stoppers. And the idea was was to allow people to remain anonymous, but to come forward with, come forward with that bit of information that police need to solve the crimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning. Since then, Crime Stoppers is worldwide now. There are um, organizations, of course, in the United States, Canada, Australia, um, Europe. Um, there's even one in Belize uh, that uh, is active now. So it went worldwide, and I think it's been a pretty good deal. And maybe, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, contribute more in the future. Well, and, and Tali, uh, maybe you would be best in, in trying to answer this question, but a thought just came to my mind is that we, we think a little bit about community policing and how the citizens get involved uh, and want to help. And, of course, I, I, from what little bit I know about law enforcement, you don't really want the public out there carrying guns and police in their own neighborhoods. But this, with Crime Stoppers, this is a way for our community, a neighborhood, to get together to report uh, activities and, and do it without being uh, pointing the finger and, and getting back to them. Uh, Tolly? Yes, that's exactly right. It provides the public with the ability to anonymously report crimes. Now, the kicker is, is that since they're anonymous and not confidential, because there's a kind of a uh, investigative legal matter with that. As it's anonymous, it is up to law enforcement to follow up on that tip and investigate that. We can't just go out and kick in Billy Bob's door because somebody called in saying he's selling drugs. So the law enforcement would have to investigate that. And I mean, it that way they're isolated, they're protected. But yet again, this is you know, this is our home too. So it gives the ability for the public just to say, hey, we're tired of this, we can stand up, doesn't put anybody at risk or jeopardy, and still requires the responsibility of law enforcement to get involved and solve that problem and bring the public on board. There you go. Well, yeah, and you know, Tarly, something you mentioned a second ago uh, falls hand in hand with a, a couple uh, quotes I saw on uh, your website. And uh, one of them was the concept that it's one way to allow the community to fight back against crime. And you kind of alluded to that a little bit ago. I mean, obviously, anybody that can assist in this area uh, is certainly appreciated, and you want all the help you can get. I know another couple things I saw in there is that uh, really, uh, Crime Stoppers really is a way to better the relationship between the public and the police. And uh, boy, if there was ever a time that uh, you know we wanted to work on those relationships, I think they're great in this community. But the the more the better. And then. The thing that really hit me is that it talks about lessening the co commitment, time commitment, of law enforcement because the more help you can get doing it, uh, the faster you get things solved, the, uh, the, the least effort you have to put behind that. And uh, I would say helping with your time commitment is really significant. Oh, it is. I know it, any agency is always overloaded with investigations. We see the uptake in violent crime, in narcotics, uh, fentanyl is um, becoming more of a rampant problem. So it's being able to provide that information to us and law enforcement that we can then push out and work towards solving those crimes. And you're right, bringing the community on board. And I tell this to a class I teach at the college, I tell them two things. In the world of math and science, one plus one will always equal two. 
but in the world of American law or law enforcement, it could equal eight sometimes. Mm -hmm. And what, and this makes my mother cringe when I say this, ought to be but ain't. Things should be simple, things should be easy. It should be easy to go arrest that drug dealer. However, when you start looking at the nuance and you start looking at the laws themselves, it gets complicated. Because regardless of what the crime is, we are all, we all live in this community. We're all entitled to the same rights and privileges, so we can't just ignore the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments to go arrest a drug dealer. Well, for our listeners here, we're going to take a short break here shortly, but we're going to be back soon with uh, Joe Close and Tolly Rowe, both representing Crime Stoppers here today. And we heard a little bit of the history of the National Crime Stoppers, and we're going to hear more about what's going on right here in our backyard. So stay tuned. Good morning and welcome back to the Let's Talk Show. We have in our studios this morning the opportunity to learn a little bit more about Crime Stoppers. And uh, Joe, uh, you have, uh, uh, you've kind of told us, the listeners, uh, about how nationally Crime Stoppers was started. Talk to us about our local Crime Stoppers. Well, um, again, uh, we're a local organization here, and, and uh, we work with the Pettis County Sheriff's Department and the Sedalia PD, of course, and, and our goal is to bring uh, public awareness and um, community involvement. It's that, it's okay. that involvement that mm -hmm. we're trying to get. Mm -hmm. And um, about everybody thinks of us as, uh, I think, maybe kind of in the old thought that, uh, well, if you know something, you're supposed to call the phone number. Well... Of course, technology technology's changed, you know, over the year. We, we now have our website. Uh, we have a new uh, website that's up now. It's very well done, very, very pleased with it. And also we're linked in with the, uh, I guess that's the right term to use, sure. with the um, uh, Sheriff's Department's uh, Facebook, um, the uh, City of Sedalia's uh, Facebook and their website. Okay. And... Um, so there's more than one way. There's more than the old uh, 827 TIPS number uh, as a way to get uh, tips, uh, you know, called in. Um, the idea, of course, is for the uh, tipster to remain anonymous. But uh, with these, with the new technology that we have, like say the the websites and what have you, uh, people can leave tips that away. Um, and also, there's been cases where we've had. Um, uh, Tipsters just talk to their local, you know, uh, uh, police officer, okay. the local, uh, you know, sh deputy mm -hmm. sheriff. Mm -hmm. They know something, and they go just go talk to them. Okay. You know? um, then the, the procedure remains the same, but uh, again, it's it's all about the trying to uh, increase the community involvement. Um, with you know technology changing, we used to just do some radio and of course you know a lot of that's changing with the cirrus and all that sort of stuff um we found that we had to do something different and so a year, well last year in the year of uh, 21 we ran a series of um billboard advertisements and we thought well how are we going to pay this because this stuff costs money and i went out and in about three days to local businesses here in Sedalia and asked them if they would um, 
support, sponsor, one month on the billboard. In about three days, I'd raised the money for the whole year. Excellent. And Excellent. so then this year, what we've done is we're in the Sedalia, the magazine, the Sedalia magazine it is. Okay. We did the same thing. We went to businesses, and uh, real quickly, we had the whole year paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been great, and um, I think that's helping us. The website, uh, like I say, has been a big improvement. Um, the... Uh, addition on to like the Sedalia PD, uh, Facebook, and, and those sort of things has, has been a, a great help. Uh, Joe, are you attributing the, those businesses that are making contributions to Crime Stoppers, are you contributing that to because they understand the importance of protecting their businesses, protecting our community, and we want to get the bad guys off the street? And so the uh, promoting uh, Crime Stoppers to encourage folks to pass on tips to help the uh, law enforcement to solve those crimes is a, a direct benefit to them. Well, sure, because um, I don't know other than maybe Tolly's business here, any business that benefits from crime. Yeah. And business owners know that. Yeah. Because a lot of times it is our business owners that get hit. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's the theft claims that we have. There you go. Um, you know, the, the home burglaries, uh, the vandalisms, uh, the, wire st- uh, the wire stripping out of uh, yes. houses and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um it, for me, it's beneficial to, to work with Crime Stoppers on this uh, to, to help, uh, you know, minimize that. Sure. And, and, and you talked about uh, it takes money to run Crime Stoppers. Yes. And you've given us some examples for some direct fundraising to do certain promotions. Uh, how? Give us a little bit more insight on the budgeting and how do you raise funds for Crime Stoppers? Because you're paying out reward, if that is that if that's a proper term, sure. to folks that do contribute and and give you tips. And so, how is the the bulk of the funds raised? Well, we will pay up to two thousand uh, uh, dollars for a tip, and maybe we can get into a little bit here about how we determine those tips. But we have fundraisers through the year. Uh, usually in October, we have our spaghetti uh, dinner, uh, which also has a, I don't know if it's a silent auction, but okay. maybe a regular auction. Sure. We, we auction off uh, items that are donated. We, of course, take, we'll take donations at any time. I think in, pa- in years past, there's been, um, you know, uh, donations. Uh, people have left us in their estate and so forth like that. Okay. Um, businesses have helped us out. You know, like I say, on our advertising, went to an ask them mm-hmm. and uh, got great support for that. Excellent. Uh, but most of it is done from our uh, fundraising activities. And, of course, it's we're like any other business, if we if we were to have a big run of tips that we pay out, we probably would have to have more activities uh, mm-hmm. to, to raise that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe, while you're talking about fundraising, I, th- I think it's important. I, I know you emphasize this on your website. Uh, this is fully a contributory donation type effort as far 100%. as fundraising. 100%. No tax dollars. No, no tax dollars at all. No, none. None at all. Matt. Well, and Joe, you're uh, you're talking about the uh, uh, your organization, uh, in essence, how the organization is managed, uh, and I think you've got some really good people that are serving on your board. Uh, tell us who those are and kind of their responsibilities. Well, our fearless leader, our president, is currently Glenn Glidewell, 
and um, our secretary is Gerald Evans, treasurer is Galen Alfrey, um, and of course our coordinators from the Sheriff's Department is Tolly Rose with us here today. Coordinator from the Sedalia uh, PD is Joshua Howe, and of course myself, and Floyd Hatfield is a member, and um, L.D. Uh, Benneke, I think I'm saying his name right there, and uh, just joined us here recently was Victoria Cotman, who used to be on the uh, was a police force, yeah, well, officer. police force, yeah. And we're always looking for uh, more board members. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've 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 lost some members um, here in the past. Uh, People retired and people have passed on. So anyone that would like to get involved with this, uh, contact us if you'd like to be a board member. Uh, we meet once a month, uh, usually, unless we have a tip. We'll have a special board meeting. But, yeah, if, if anyone's interested, we, we definitely are looking for more board members. Mm -hmm. So, and again, to get back to this, uh, the, the money side of things here, what kind of budget do you have? How much money are you looking to try to raise? And how much money do you put back out into the community paying out in tips? Uh, just an estimate. Well... I don't know if I could really tell you what we've done, you know, over a period of time. You know, I've been on the board, uh, like I said, I don't know, about 15 years, I guess. I've seen we, we'll go through a period of time where we we pay out maybe several small uh, tips. We'll go through a period of time where we don't pay out any tips, just don't have any for, you know, and when I say a period of time, it might be a year okay. in, in there. Uh, so it ebbs and flows, and I guess our fundraising and so forth has always been um, to meet the demand, mm -hmm. uh, really. So we really don't have a set, you know, mm -hmm. amount here. Okay. Tolly, you want to add something to I, that? I think when it comes to the budget is also there is no overhead. We have, it's a completely funded by solely donations. We don't pay for phone lines. We don't pay for anything. Sheriff's Office, Police Department, I mean, no one gets paid. And all mm -hmm. the money we receive either goes in directly to the tips or it goes into us getting the message out. So it's, we want to keep, I guess this is kind of weird since I'm not, I'm not a business guy, but this is one of the situations where if we could raise $5,000 in one year, I want to spend all $5,000 in getting tips out. That means law sure. enforcement's getting that information back in. Right. So, you know, zeroing the budget out at the end of the year because we paid a lot of money is great. Well, don't, mm -hmm. I'm not saying we do that, Joe. Don't hit me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the more money that comes in, there's no overhead, so we put it back out. 100%. Yeah, and, and the neat thing that I heard you say is that, uh, you know, you've got a, a tremendous board. You know, you've got some men, uh, some folks that have been very active in our community in many capacities uh, and kind of know our community, and, and yet they're volunteering their time, you know, to, to serve. Well, I definitely, you know, want to mention again to our, you know, our, our businessmen, uh, our business owners and so forth, have been absolutely great. You know, like when we have our spaghetti dinner, a lot of times we'll walk into businesses and they'll say, yeah, I'll buy 10 tickets from you, mm -hmm. uh, just like that. And we've always had great support from the community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Joe, while you're talking about uh, the, the money side of this and, and the way it functions, you might share with our listeners the concept that when somebody calls in, how do they eventually, the information that they have, or how do they eventually, you know, potentially collect on this tip? Okay, that's quite a process uh, and, and how that works. So let, let's say somebody calls um, the hotline and um, they talk to uh, Tali here, and that tipster will be given a code number. I guess we call it a code number. 
that's the only only link that we have uh, with that tipster. So uh, the information will be given to Tolly. Um, you, you might speak a little bit about the next step on how you guys um, evaluate, you know, do we, do we act on this or is it valuable? So on that part of it, that, then it goes to them. Mm -hmm. So I'll let him talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when we get a tip that comes in, we give them that code number and I tell them that that's your name to me and I don't want to know who you are because we're not recorded, we don't use caller ID. So we get that tip and that, I'll quickly disseminate that to either the police department, the Missouri Drug Task Force, Missouri State Higher Patrol. Uh, we've even ran and uh, gotten tips on crimes out of the county um, with the major case squad homicides I've been a part of. We've got tips from Clay, I'm sorry, uh, Ray County or Benton County. That's interesting. So we'll forward yeah. those out to those agencies. And then we try to keep up if those tips apply to whatever the crime and those tips are used to help solve that crime. Now, again, it's not to the conviction of the, of the defendant or the suspect, it's the arrest. It's the arrest only. So if that information is paid out or comes out and we forward it to, let's say, police department. We had one recently and they got a tip on it, police department ran to ground, was able to make the case. Then that the tipster contacts us, and this is the kickers, if you call a tip and you think that tip paid out or it worked, call back, ask for me, give me that code number, so that way I know that one, it's really you that called, and then I can track that information down from whatever law enforcement agency, and then get a hold of the board to say, we have these tips to pay out. Mm -hmm. Then when they contact us, so I'll tell them, we have a next meeting coming up, contact me back here, however time frame it might be, we go to the board, and then that's how we make the arrangements to get them the reward. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to have, I'm, I'm not going to their house. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to come to my office. So we've gotten creative on some ways, and we've got some security checks and balance measures to make sure that everything goes where it's supposed to that we don't talk about. But it's, uh, we've, we've left money um, hidden. It, it's, you know, like a, like a dead drop in a spy model or something before it's get it's kind of funny. Okay. Well, you know, that's kind of unique because we, you know, just as a citizen, you think about, well, how do you get the money if it's anonymous? Uh, and so, but you guys, you men, uh, your, your board, your, your staff has a, uh, has that all planned out and it's, you've got a working uh, operation. So uh, for those uh, listeners who have, might have just joined us, uh, you've been listening to Joe Close and Tolly Rowe, both of them very active in, uh, in Crime Stoppers. Uh, we're going to take a short break here, and then we'll be right back, so stay tuned. and welcome back to Let's Talk. We're on our third segment here this morning and we have the opportunity to have Joe Close and Tolly Rowe, both of them uh, strong supporters and active in Crime Stoppers. And Crime Stoppers is a, uh, a tremendous uh, program, organization within our community to assist law enforcement in solving crimes. Uh, Joe, you had mentioned earlier that the tips, uh, the reward piece of this, uh, it pays out up to $2,000. And right. so uh, I'm sure some tips are just not quite as valuable as the, the next one. And I don't mean 
it's kind of hard, I'm sure, on your part and your board's part to determine what value needs to be placed where. Uh, but every call is important because it always is some sort of piece in there. But do you have some sort of a system that you, uh, that you evaluate how valuable a tip is? We do. We do. And um, as Tolly said, he gets the tips. Um, they determine whether they're going to act on it. Um, they tell us uh, whether that tip produced anything. Okay. And then he brings it to us, and here, here the, how we determine um, the value of that tip. And first off is what type of crime was solved. Okay. And uh, going down the list, a murder, first, second degree, uh, sale, distribution, manufacturing, the controlled substance, burglary, robbery, assault, sexual assault, child abuse, possession of child pornography, and kidnapping, second on the list. Going on down the list, weapons offense. Um, next on the list would be uh, property damage, a felony, um, theft, um, under $750. And then down the, the lowest one would be vandalism, property damage in the second degree, misdemeanors like that. Okay. So we assess a point value to that. Like I say, murder is the highest point one. The next one that probably nobody thinks about is the personal risk to the caller. Did this caller, is he really putting his neck out there by calling us on this thing? Okay. Or, although or is, he's remained anonymous here, he's remained yeah, anonymous. but he's still thinking, you know, hey, is this, is this going to come yeah. back and get me? Yes. Like Tolly's always talking about Billy Bob, who's really a bad guy here in Pittsburgh County, you know. But uh, is Billy Bob, is he going to pose some kind of a threat to our caller? Okay. And we rate that from high risk down to none. Okay. The next thing is the number of crimes solved. We've had one tip, I think, just recently that actually solved was it seven crimes or something like that. It, it, was a, it was a number of crimes. Okay. One tip tied up all the loose ends on, like I say, I think it was about seven crimes. So we evaluate that. Next is, is there property recovered or narcotics seized? And then we go by a, a dollar amount, uh, $100,000 or more, clear down to less than 1000 Okay. And we rate through it. Mm -hmm. The next thing is the number of people that were arrested. Um, like I say, one we had one tip there that it solved uh, seven, uh, seven different crimes, but I think there were more people than that arrested from this one tip. Okay. So that's, that's valuable. So then we add those up, and we determine from that uh, the score, and then that tells us what kind of a, uh, a reward it will uh, uh, pay out. Yes, I, you know, man, I don't know about you all, but uh, that seems like a very uh, uh, specialized uh, uh, process that you went through and did a lot of research and why these are important and, and how you come up with up to the $2,000 reward. Well, we have to have some way to evaluate the sure. tips, of course. Sure, excellent. And, and, of course, we, you know, we use the input from... Um, uh, law enforcement and I, and I know uh, one experience we just paid out a tip here a few weeks ago we were sitting there talking to um, um, one of the officers and we asked him a question and he said well just a minute he gets on his cell phone and actually calls a detective who uh, handled the case and was asking them the questions right there during our meeting okay very good very good so um, uh, Tolly, uh, you said something earlier in the show in regards to, you know, this, the tip is not based upon conviction. The, 
the tip is based upon arrest. So that, uh, that, that uh, maybe that's a small distinction, but to me, uh, the, the conviction piece is up to the prosecutor and, and, and going through the court system. It's your job as uh, law enforcement to, to address the crime and get the criminal off the street. And, that, and that's, that's where the TIPS program comes in at that point in time. So uh, confirm that with our listeners and then tell us some real life uh, examples of how TIPS has helped you in law enforcement. Well, of course, again, it's, it's up to the arrest, and that helps because based on conviction, now like I said I ran investigations for 19 years, it might take one to two years for a case to be disposed of. Okay. So if we drag that out, we're not paying money out. We have sure. somebody on the hook for one to two years waiting to see if they got a reward. So it's up to the arrest. And the, the burden of Crime Stoppers to work falls on law enforcement to follow up with those tips and do that basic old-fashioned investigations. Mm -hmm. Now, forensic science and technology has changed, but it's the old-fashioned detective tricks or techniques and the law enforcement skills to solve that crime and forward that back to the board. Um, as with some real-life experiences, I've been, I think I took over direct uh, coordinator Crime Stoppers in 2005. And in that time, there have been several times where I've answered the Crime Stoppers tips hotline and I've gotten at least one comes to mind of a tip on a series of burglaries that I was investigating. Okay. And I'm not going to talk about anything recent in the past three years because of criminal prosecution and statute of limitations and all that. But one was, and I don't know who calls, but I could tell it was a sweet little old woman. And we had been investigating numerous burglaries in the northeast part of Pettis County for several months. I think we had about 15 burglaries. And we had a suspect vehicle that we were looking for. And this sweet little lady had no idea about the case, but she remembered hearing the neighbor's house got broken into and remembered seeing this distinctive car in the driveway. Okay. Well, when she called, I knew who owned that car. Well, I knew that that was helpful. That gave me the last piece I needed. And by the end of the day, we had a search warrant for that suspect's house. Okay. And we cleared, I think, about seven cases off of that. She never called back for the reward or anything, but that one phone call, just that one phone call helped me clear multiple burglaries. Mm -hmm. And as Joe's alluded to, that as an insurance agent, the biggest crimes, the most challenging crimes that we in law enforcement challenge or challenge with are narcotics, but most of all, property crimes. The burglaries, the thefts, the copper wire thefts. So getting those tips. Um, early before the, we, we started recording, I told the story of we had a burglary and arson of a building and a lot of equipment stolen. And this was probably back in 2013. And we had gotten a tip. We had some other information. But this one caller called in with a piece of information that brought the whole case together. And we were missing this one piece. And this one piece we were able to follow up and confirm, which bolstered, getting nerdy here, the probable cause for a search warrant. So we rolled up. We ended up making an arrest on this case. We recovered stolen property. We ended up later getting admissions and confessions from the suspects, recovered some of the stolen property, Ironically, though, um, one of the people we arrested was happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong times. We go in, detain everybody in reference to a, in a, in a search warrant. Uh, he was not arrested, but he was detained. And in a subsequent follow-up interview, it turns out that, unbeknownst to anybody else, he was the caller. So um, um, he, that, was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Didn't it? So he, he called, but yet he saw everything as it plays out. And we were able to solve those cases. And I know the ones that just recently Joe alluded to, um, those tips came in, and it was in a short time frame. One was a pretty extensive burglary. 
of a prominent business here and able to get that tip so it works. Sure. Um, we got to filter sometimes because we want to make sure, and I've had this before, where you have the, I'm calling in to say, Billy Bob doesn't have a driver's license and he's got no insurance and I want that blankety blank arrested because he did this to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will put that out there, but we got to be kind of filter through to make sure somebody's not using this for a vendetta or other sure. illicit motives. So mm -hmm. that's why we set this up a certain way. And that's why the board sets up protocols certain ways so we can filter that through. But I can't tell you how many times the tips calls come in. And again, I said before, we even will, run tips or step up for other counties. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rural Missouri Major Case Squad covers eight counties. So typically once, if there's a, unfortunately a squad's activated, we'll step up and say, we can run this on Crime Stoppers for any information. And we've done that from, I said, homicides in Coal Camp to Carrollton to Warrensburg to Marshall to um, here in Pettis County. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, we get tips. Not all of them pan out, but at least we get tips. Okay. Uh, Tolly and, and Joe, well, for number one, for our listeners, uh, if you've just joined us here toward the end of our show, we've got Tolly Rowe and Joe Close in our studios this morning, and we're talking about Crime Stoppers. Uh, tell us um, uh, about the, uh, you've indicated that you helped uh, uh, the eight counties uh, and kind of close to us here. Uh, is there any examples of uh, the tips that we might have received here that's helped those uh, in other areas too? I believe one involved, we ran one for Benton County many years ago. And again, I can't remember off the top of my head all the specific details, but it was a series of burglaries. Okay. And that was helpful before that. Um, one actually led to a recovery, if I'm thinking straight, of a, of a saddle that was pawned and that recovery of that saddle gave us a name of somebody that we were able to forward back to i'm sorry it was uh johnson county or warrensburg not benton mm -hmm. county and that was able to run work backwards and forward that information now it gave us a connection here in pettis county because that's where the person had sold it so okay. that would be receiving stolen property but that gave the information to forward to the detectives in Johnson County and Warrensburg to actually make the burglary cases. Okay, uh, tell, tell me and the listeners here the difference between a burglary and a theft. Burglary, there's burglary first degree. You basically you break into a house okay. and you steal something or commit a crime. It doesn't have to be stealing. You break into a house to violate an ex parte. That is burglary first degree. You unlawfully enter or remain a building or structure with the intent to commit a crime. Okay. Now, it's first degree if somebody is in the home or the business or somebody's armed with a weapon. Okay. You burglarize a home, you break into a home, you steal a firearm, that's considered burglary first degree because the minute you take possession of that firearm, you're in possession of a deadly weapon. It's also felony stealing because stealing a firearm is a felony. Okay. And as for theft, is where you just appropriate property of another without the permission. Okay, so in essence, a vacant home, uh, no one's going to be there, but the theft occurs when the robber comes in uh, and steals all the copper wiring out of it. Correct. That okay. would be burglary second degree with felony stealing because stealing copper wire is a felony. Okay, and so Crime Stoppers, uh, again, without looking for statistics, but uh, has Crime Stoppers helped more with solving uh, or getting to uh, uh, the perpetrator for theft or burglary or is there is there more involved with uh, murder and those kind of things where 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 yet i think when we would be kind of selective on what crimes to put out there we're not 
I've suggested before, we're not going to put a crime out there that we know who the suspect is. We might put on there for okay. fugitive manhunt. But it's the crimes we have nothing on. And again, the crimes that are the most challenging are the ones there's no evidence. Burglary and stealing are very challenging. They're almost more challenging than child abuse or homicide because those tend to be very high profile and a lot of evidence involved. In the cases you don't want to work, mm -hmm. it's the ones that are very challenged with no leads and information. So getting the public to call in with tips will, again, stir that pot and see what particles are floating out there so we can go and track those down. Okay, and so when, uh, when law enforcement needs those tips, you kept saying to get the word out there. How do you get the word out there on that particular crime that you're trying to solve? We coordinate with the police department, with their Facebook page, our Facebook page, with the website, whatever we can do to get the message, hey, we've had this burglary of this crime, or we had this incident take place. We need the public's help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, word of mouth, and as Joe knows in, in, in the business world, if there's a big massive burglary or big major crime with a lot of financial loss, we're going to get around. Mm -hmm. I love Pettis County because we're, we're small, but yet we're not too small, but yet we're not big. I cannot be in a big city, but I like the fact that I can go to coffee shop and I can talk to somebody or I can go to a meeting or go to a lunch and now everybody knows and they ask questions. Word gets around. Mm -hmm. So word of mouth is helpful. Now we go with Facebook and advertising, but it's getting the word out there to say, if you know something, call in. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we've had a great show here this morning. Uh, uh, Crime Stoppers, what a tremendous asset it is for our community to have this to help law enforcement solve crimes and get criminals off the street. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe Close, thank you for being here with us this morning, uh, taking the time from your busy insurance agency and coming in. And I know Crime Stoppers is, uh, you've been on the board for quite some time and means a lot to you and you've seen the successes. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add in regards to the success of Crime Stoppers? No, you know, one thing I was going to mention that's kind of interesting, you, you ask about how we pay out, and uh, that in itself is, is, is interesting in that if you have somebody that you're paying out a tip to uh, and, and it's anonymous, uh, we don't write checks, we actually pay out cash. Okay. And we'll have the tipster tell us where they would like that uh, money left. And... It is really interesting the different places. I'm, I'm not going to go into <laughs> anything that uh, Tolly has delivered uh, money to. Okay. And um, if the tipster told somebody else, they beat him to it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the tipster's fault. Yeah. But that's how it actually works. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's your way, our Crime Stoppers way, of ensuring that that caller remains anonymous. Yes. And so that's uh, no one should have any reservations about calling in a tip. And and maybe if I could step out just a little bit, I think no matter how minor somebody thinks a tip is uh, or how major that that tip could be, it could be just the tip that law enforcement needs. Yeah, and I, I want to say a big thank you to our local businesses again. I, I can't uh, speak enough uh, to about how they have supported us, and um, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, you've, you've been listening to Cry uh, Let's Talk on uh, KSIS uh, Radio 1050. We appreciate Joe Close being in here and Tolly Rowe. Thank you for listening. See you next week.